Welcome to the Time Warp. It's been a little while since we talked to you. Thanks so much for tuning in, downloading, streaming, whatever. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. We've been back home after hours for a couple hours now, and we've already talked <laughs> about half of what we're going to talk about on the podcast without you guys. So I tried to take notes. Now we're going to try to replicate it, but not really. That's just what happens. Uh, myself, Coulter Nuanez, as well as Andrew Houghton, uh, coming to you here on your Thursday night. And uh, we got a rivalry game in the state of Montana, Montana at Montana State, doubleheader style, Saturday, uh, February 18th in Bozeman. But we talk about this stuff all day, every day when it comes to our ESPN radio show, Nuanas Now, on uh, 102.9 ESPN Radio in Missoula, Western Montana, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. You can find that every single day. We uh, we give you all sorts of Big Sky breakdowns during football season, and uh, they've been a little bit less during basketball, but here we are. So we're going to talk our way around the Big Sky Conference, but also uh, give you a preview of this Bobcat-Grizz game. As we sit here talking to you, we're watching the replay of Eastern Washington and Northern Arizona from Cheney. Funny, because the Big Sky has been such a, a crapshoot this year. It's been such an anomaly. Eastern Washington out in front. Ozzy the Cat is on the podcast. Uh, Eastern Washington out in front with a 13-0 record. Montana State alone in second and 11-3. And then a gigantic, jam-packed third through 10th. The Grizz have been on either side of that. They've been towards the bottom of that jam-packed. Now they're towards the top of it. It's just been a really super even Big Sky Conference. So we're going to get into all the stuff, all the scores from tonight, preview the rivalry game. Washington and Northern Arizona on replay. And uh, NAU was hanging tough, but Eastern Washington emerges 72 55, 14 straight victories for Eastern. So we changed it to live uh, 9.36 p.m. on a Thursday night, and uh, Sacramento State, Weber State tied at 43. What do you know? Dylan Jones versus the world has a game in the 40s <laughs> in the last four minutes. Getting it down to one possession, it's amazing how big of a difference one player makes. That's all to say then, Andrew, what do you think of just the Big Sky Conference in general so far this year? Yeah, I think the parity has been really interesting. It's, uh, I think it's partially the result of something that you've been saying, which is just that the league is down this year and everybody's a lot closer to each other because there's no truly dominant team and there are not a ton of truly dominant players in the league this year. It's also you know, caused me to rethink a little bit about how I evaluate basketball. I mean, when everybody's this close, it really does come down to a lot of the times how good you are in close games. And a lot of the time, I think that how good you are in close games, air quotes, is sort of a fallacy, right? It's bound to even out either way. But the truth is that, the truth is that Eastern Washington's 14-0 and and more than half of those wins have come in close games. And Northern Arizona's got what? Three three wins, three and eleven, and and so many of those losses have come in cl- in close games, and it's just maybe that is an attribute of a team that matters as we go forward. Yeah, I don't think you have to adjust how you think about basketball though, because you would agree basketball 
especially in the non-professional level, well, at the professional level too, but having the best player and having the the definitive advantage at head coach and coaching staff can determine so much. And I think that's exactly what's happening in the big sky. Dylan Jones is the best player. He's got his team in third pretty much by himself. Who's the best coach in the Big Sky Conference, though? Like, you want to say, based on experience, tenure, and accomplishment, it's probably Travis Takir. That's both because he's been at Montana for nine years and been to two NCAA tournaments, been to the tournament championship game four times, but also because there's very few other guys that have done that in the league at all. So... I think that's the reasons why. I don't even necessarily know if the league's completely down. I think it's just an unknown. There's very many unknown players in the league because of all the transfers. But there's also now, with Randy Ray retiring, Brian Katz retiring, there's only one real like veteran Don coach, and that's Travis DeCure. Grizz are surging. We'll get to that in a minute. But I think that's why. Like, there just isn't the Tyler Halls and Harold Frays and Ahmad Rory's and Michael Oginez and like the star named players. There's also not the Randy Rays and Brian Katz's either, though. It's a familiarity thing as much as it is a real aptitude talent thing. Yeah, it's a familiarity thing for, for us, and it's an easy way for us to evaluate things because, uh, you know, we think we know these coaches. We have a baseline of expectations for these coaches and these teams if they've been around for five, six, seven, eight years. Again, I think this year is sort of putting the test to those assumptions, right? I mean, you would assume that Travis Secure's teams would have an advantage in this year. Maybe they keep this rolling through the end of the season and through the conference tournament, but I just think that, you know, the one team that's been coached by a veteran coach hasn't performed the way that we would expect, and they're the ones losing all those close games too. All right, association game. Eastern Washington has become... Eastern Washington has won a bunch of games in the clutch because of who? Rebounding. And Steel Venters. And Angelo Allegri. Sure, but Steel Venters has hit. Go. What I'm saying is who's hit the last shots in these close games? Steel Venters has hit three of them, right? I'm right there with you. Yep, yep. Right? Weber State has won games in the clutch down the stretch. Last possession because of who? Dylan Jones. That's right. For sure. I'm with you. Right, like... Sac State, even though they're in, what, seventh place, whatever. They've won games down the stretch because of Zach Chappelle. Like, every team has had games go down to the wire except Montana State because they don't get into close games. They either blow you out, or they I shouldn't say blow you out. They either beat you handily or they don't show up. And Montana, and that's why they've had a, this sort of moving target, and then now Montana has some options to go to down the stretch. Coulter Nuanas, Skyline Sports, coming to you from the ESPN MT studio here uh, with folks from Blackfoot Communications, including Morgan, who's a marketing representative over there at Blackfoot. How you doing, Morgan? Good, how are you? What, yeah. What is the best part about working there? You guys are so creative and engaging. I love that part about it. What is your favorite Yeah, part? my favorite part is just the the community that we have. Um, the folks of people I work with, along with the, the communities we serve, we do a lot to give back in our local communities, and it 
has built such a such a fun environment to to be a part of. When it comes to your role, just take people through. I mean, what, what are your, yeah. your main duties there at Blackfoot in terms of spreading the image, spreading the brand? Yeah, I'll try not to get in the weeds too much and, and, put, <laughs> and put you all to sleep. But um, I'm in our, our marketing department. So essentially, I, I work on getting the right message in front of the right people at the right time, as cliche as that sounds, but um, just working um, to make sure that we communicate who we are and what we do and um, get that across to our different audiences. That, that's probably the uh, one of the most rewarding parts about it, right? It's just how much you guys are engaged in communities, especially rural communities here in Montana. Yeah, I mean, there's so much that we're doing right now um, in a lot of our rural communities, and it's a, it's a real exciting time to be a part of um, telecommunications. We love sports because of the competition, but there's a stark reality when it comes to sports at all levels of sports, particularly professional and collegiate sports. It's a business. It's about money. Every other Tuesday here on Nuanas Now, we present to you a business angle with Justin Angle, a professor of business at the University of Montana Business School, a conversation about the overlay between business and sports. I think the evidence probably overrides that concern to, to a large degree. So many people are participating in sports betting and probably the upsides that ESPN and others in this space are looking at with regard to the wide variety of really engaging customer experiences they could create. People are already sort of surfing their phones and watching analysis real time while they're watching a game, whether it's Twitter hot takes or whatever. If you're able to sort of engage in this prop betting in real time, it's going to make the games just much more engaging. Catch a business angle with Justin Angle every other Tuesday Tuesday on Nuanas Now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. So that's how we transition now into uh, the Cat Grizz game. I mean, I think that there's so many different examples in this league of how thin the margin of victory has been, right? Still, Venters doesn't hit clutch threes against Montana, Montana State, Sac State, Weaver State. Eastern's six and four, you know, whatever, whatever the math, eight and six, whatever. Instead of 14-0, Montana gets four plays to go their way, and they're also right there like 12-2. and two. So it, it really is just how it comes down to the wire. And I think more than – it took me till this moment in time, the third week in February, to get over it. The league is a little down, but the RPIs and everything says that, says that it's actually like right on par with what it usually is, between the 19th and 23rd best – league in the country. I was so convinced early on that this league was fast-tracking towards the champion getting a 16-seed or a play-in game, but I do think it's a little better than that. It's starting to even out, but but now also, though, like some of the things that we're talking about, the best players and the best coaches really are starting to bear out. It just took until the second half of the season to get there. Yeah, but how confident are you in that continuing through the tournament when it really is the truest one-game scenario? That's exactly why Eastern very well could run the table or go 17-1 and in league play, depending on what happens on February 27th in Cheney against Montana State. Sure. Be the outright undisputed champion by three to four games and be absolutely vulnerable. Betting-wise, like line-wise, Nothing that can happen from this moment forward, even if Eastern runs the table, makes Eastern the betting favorite in the tournament. That's why this is a crazy league. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think there's not going to be a favorite going into the conference tournament, right? Even if Eastern does go, whatever, 17-1, and 18-0, and 
I still don't have that confidence, right? I mean, there's still a lot of stats say that Montana State's still the, the best, the most dominant team in the league. A lot of eye test people would say that, too. It's, it's just... It's just going to be interesting, but Montana State has also shown a vulnerability in close games. They've shown uh, sort of unique and troubling inconsistency in some games. I'm not sure who the favorite is going to be, and I think that's why, uh, you know, if you're a Montana Grizzlies fan, you still have some some optimism, and especially buoyed by this winning streak, but you have some optimism going into the conference tournament no matter what happens between now and then. The... Montana State is going to be the big, the favorite going the betting favorite going to the Big Sky tournament. I I would absolutely almost guarantee it. If they're not, I'll I'll bet on them. <laughs> there you go. Like it, the the bet that should be laid on the Cats just in terms of the pure math and the pure fact that there's in, in this league. I think there's like three definitive pros: Jabril Bello, Raekwon Battle, Dylan Jones, and the, and two of those guys play for Montana State, which then parlays us though into this Saturday's matchup between Montana and Montana State because although I do think the Cats will be the betting favorites, we both agree the Cats have been inconsistent so far this conference season. I mean, a stark and harsh analysis of a team when they're 11-3 and in conference playing alone in second, but given their talent, their experience, their upside, they are the best team in the league. But that also then sets up this scenario where despite the fact that we both agree that if we were betting men and we're putting money on this Big Sky tournament in a couple weeks, we'd bet on Montana State. They're not unbelievably overwhelming favorites against Montana on Saturday in Missoula, and a Grizz win could give the Grizz a bunch of juice and make them maybe one of the one of the two or three other teams you might consider betting in the Big Sky tournament. It's a huge game on both sides. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge game for Montana State. They're at a point right now just period, they can't lose games and have a chance at the conference championship. I mean, that's a that, that's a big trophy. That's a big banner to win. They're three games behind Eastern Washington right now yeah. because the Eagles keep on winning. That's a game they, they basically have to have every game to make that last game in Cheney mean something, and that's why it's a huge test for the Cats. I mean, what are you, what are you playing for? That's right. Like, I don't think that we think that the number one seed is going to mean a lot in the conference tournament. It, it's still a banner to hang. you got to win it to keep pace. And that's what I like about this matchup, Coulter, to, to sort of rush ahead of the conversation here. This game actually means something for both teams in, in terms of the regular season standings and conference championship. Honestly, from a pure betting perspective and a momentum perspective, if the Cats get eliminated from the, the regular season title race, the sooner they get eliminated, the more dangerous they are in the conference tournament because then they get to start focusing on winning a different championship. Both Tyler Patterson and Raekwon Battle have made comments in the paper lately where their their goal, their aspiration, we're not in first place. That's why we're continuing to chase this. We're, we're not in first place. We're the defending champs. We're not in first place. As soon as you know you can't get first place, then you try to adjust to get the next first place. That's where Montana State would be so dangerous. Either way, though, you're right. Yeah, I think it's all about proving it, too, right? There's a way, you know, they lose this regular season conference championship. They can say, we can still go prove that we're the best team in the conference tournament because Eastern's been winning so many close games. You can just say, I mean, Eastern Washington's gotten on a heater. We know we're the best team. We're going to gear up to go beat them and prove it in the regular season finale and then go prove it again in the conference tournament. That's right. The worst-case scenario for the league 
is Eastern clinching before February 27th than Montana State going to Eastern and smacking Eastern on the way into the conference tournament? That's the worst-case scenario for the— moment, Taking that momentum and that confidence and that, that swagger into the conference tournament, right? And the statement of what that is, too. Regardless, that's all to say, though, Montana has been playing their best basketball— I would not just say of this year, but I would say in terms of continuity and fluidity in the last couple years. The Grizz have been up and down, which has been so strange to watch because they have been such a solid and consistent program for more than four decades, close to five decades. And they've had such an unbelievable lineage of coaches and great players. Uh, coming up later on in the episode, John Velk, Velk La, continues his countdown of the top 12 players that he's seen. He's been sitting front and center courtside uh, at Grizz games for for more than forty years, and he's he's a wealth of knowledge. And it's also just fun to just bring those guys up as talking points and just to have fun conversations with somebody that knows it really well. But the Grizz have had very few down years, and the last couple of years have certainly been down years, especially considering the the prominence and the respect that Travis DeCure garnered over his first six years. As the head coach of the Grizz, I mean, a couple NCAA tournaments, multiple Big Sky Conference regular season titles, championship tournament game appearances, what, I think four if not five times in that first six-year span? <laughs> wow! And with 5.6 seconds left, you guys are going to be listening to this, you're going to already know the score, but Sac State hits a three to cut it to one, 50-49, Andrew's freaking out. The Grizz have had, they've had very few times, if ever, over the last almost 50 years where they've had more than two-year lulls. And so you were wondering what was going on with Montana, but they've turned the corner over the last couple weeks. And, um, you know, there's all this hype about this post-game meeting after they got embarrassed by Sac State. But if you watch that game, Travis DeCure was very tactful in the fact that he very well understood when there was 10 minutes left in that game, Montana was not winning that game. He benched everybody. He played nothing but his young guys and his starter is is far from starters. And then he talked about how they freaked out at each other after the game. Ana Moody told me this week they stayed in the locker room till 11 o'clock at night after Sac State, going at it, getting it all out there. And Travis has had some great lines since then saying, you know, sometimes families got to fight before they love, and that's what they've done. Regardless, I'm not to, I'm trying to make too much of a kumbaya about it, but the last couple of weeks, the Grizz have turned a corner. They've done it systematically. They've done it in their continuity. For the first time in a long time, it doesn't feel dysfunctional. Yeah, and I think that's more on the court than anything. We we can talk. We can, uh, you know, Travis can evangelize about having a come to Jesus meeting as as much as he wants, and we can make that the central focus of our narrative as much as we want. I think it really comes down to, and we talked about this before the season. I mean, this was the main talking point going into this season, yeah. finding the right roles for everybody, and maybe staying in the locker room until eleven p.m. helps with doing that and helps with slotting everybody in the right roles. But I think there have been a couple of subtle changes in these last week, in these last couple weeks that help on the court. And I think I'm not surprised it took this long because it's an interesting roster. It's a roster with a lot of pieces that are difficult to find roles for. But I think now they've started to do that. It's so interesting because I praise Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head men's basketball coach, so much on our ESPN radio show and on this podcast for being such a great innovator and so ahead of it in terms of being able to manage this day and age of college basketball. 
you're building a team each year. You're building the best squad you can instead of building the program. You're you're relating to guys. You're you're bringing in the right transfers. I mean, Montana State has hit on more transfers than anybody in the conference, bar none. I mean, their, their whole rotation and their whole uh, hierarchy of standouts has been built on junior college and four-year transfers. And that's sort of been to the detriment of Montana. But I do give Coach DeCure an unbelievable amount of credit for sort of writing this ship. The way he coaches and the way he thinks about basketball, he needs guys to be able to fit roles, and he has to have it be a team effort on both sides. He is very good at identifying which sort of scheme you're going to run on each side, offense and defense, for the personnel he has, unless his personnel is flawed. I think he didn't like his personnel the last couple years. This year he likes it. He's building the systems around them. But we have been critical of Coach DeCure last couple years for not being able to acclimate to the modern times. This is the best acclimation he has done. He's changed things in the right way. Last year we were talking, we were literally joking on the radio, talking about, does this guy watch modern-day basketball? Does he not understand that threes are worth more than twos? Now they're the arguably best three-point shooting or maybe the most reliant three-point shooting team in the league, but they've also, over the last three weeks, adjusted to cater to that style, which has helped them be on this win streak. Yeah, and it's a really informative and instructive comparison, too, between building these two teams, right? I mean, Danny Sprinkle, he's done a great job with it, but I think, you know, to make a, to make a metaphor here, Danny Sprinkle's been doing it at the 201 level, right? I mean, Danny Sprinkle's been building a team around the most dominant low post big in the league in Jabril Bello and the most athletic wing in the league in Raekwon Battle. Well, okay, you get those two pieces. You have those two pieces locked in for a couple years. What do you do around those pieces? Get a traditional point guard who can run the offense, not turn the ball over, get shooters around them. It's, it's, It's not to take any credit away from Danny Sprinkle, but it's not a super complicated roster build. Well, what has Travis DeCure done this year? Well, he's got a point guard who can't shoot in Brandon Whitney or who struggles to shoot in Brandon Whitney, who who defenses aren't going to guard on the outside. And he's got a big man in Josh Bannon who's almost more comfortable and more useful playing on the perimeter. Those are definitely two pieces that are more difficult to build around than Jabril Bello, who you're throwing the ball in the post to and he's either getting a bucket or shooting free throws 70% of the time, and Raekwon Battle, who can go one-on-one against anybody in the league at all three levels. It's so true, because Bello only has to exist to make Montana State better. Like, if he just shows up and warms up and puts his hand up... And it's not to take anything away from him, either. He, no. he's, he's a skilled player, but you're right. He's a skilled player. He's also the, the Shaquille O'Neal of the big sky. I mean, I've never really seen guys that are as brutish as him. I mean, he's going to be a 1,000-point scorer at Montana State with dunking the ball on half of his field goal attempts. I don't know what the stat is now. I'm after Raskar Guy, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. He's the 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 king st- statistician when it comes to this stuff. But going into last Cat Grizz game, Jabril Bello had scored 43% of his field goals this year on dunks. That's amazing. So just, <laughs> again, post up, put your hand up, you're changing the game. That's what it is. But – I mean, we were talking about that before we got this started. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. We were talking about this before we got it started, just about the way the Grizz have changed things. And they, the essence of 
how Travis DeCure came up in this coaching tree and then as a player for the Grizz, he played for Stu Morrill and then Blaine Taylor. The Stu Morrill high-low offense and the, the famed success of all the plays you can draw off of it, I mean, it's, matri- it, it's, one of the, it's one of the more influential things in basketball, especially college basketball, that there is. There's been stories about it in the Wall Street Journal and Sports Illustrated. The Warriors run you know, a couple a couple plays off of one of the high-low Stu Morrill sets. Like, it's been very influential in the game of basketball. The part of that very diverse high-low offense that Travis DeCure has become accustomed to is the one where the point guard is the focal point and he runs the high-low, runs the wheel around the baseline that comes back out, catches the ball on the elbow or the wing, and then reinitiates the offense. When that guy is Will Cherry or, or Walter Wright or Ahmad Rory, you're rolling. Brandon Whitney's a different type of guy. He can absolutely penetrate into the paint and get to the rim. He can't do it in that fashion. Their offense was stuck for a while because of the multitude of point guards that weren't like the point guard that they needed. Now, though, they've adjusted it, and they're either playing ISO with Whitney and letting him get in the lane and do his thing and create, or... They're running it through the high post with Josh Bannon, and then they got three spot-up shooters, Lionel Martin, Anand Moody, and Deshaun Thomas around Bannon, and that's helped them become a completely different offensive team. And I have been the most critical person about this. I think that there is in terms of the regression of the Grizz offensively. They have fully changed it on offense over the last couple weeks. It's been unbelievably refreshing to see. Yeah, the biggest change has been putting Josh Bannon on the ball instead of letting him work out of the high post. I mean, it, looking at the stats, Coulter, unbelievable to see he's averaging double the assists of anybody else on the team. He just is the guy who everything has to run through, and he's been an interesting evaluation so far this year because that was something that I picked up on really early in the years. Josh Bannon has another level to his passing and his playmaking this year to where he can make plays out of the high post. He can create at all three levels. These last couple weeks, they've taken it to another level. I'm worried if there's some, you know, I don't think they can get away with playing him at point guard, just both sides of the ball as they did, uh, you know, on the Portland State win. That leads to like a bunch of really dangerous cross matches on the other end where you have him matched up against the other team's point guard. Uh, he's picking up fouls. These guys are taking him to the rim, but it has unlocked so many new things for their offense too. That's the best part about it though. You don't have to change the five guys in the lineup to change the roles that they have on offense. That's the whole thing. He doesn't, he can still guard the four or the five defensively. Brandon Whitney can guard the one. That's the whole brilliance of the whole thing. When you get it set up that way, if the other team's in transition or semi-transition, you're going to get, have issues there. Agree or disagree though, that, the Grizz are one of the three or four best teams in the league. Agree. I've said that all season long. You have for sure. Okay, so then agree or disagree. I, I Weber is a coin flip, whatever. It's a weird matchup for the Grizz. They split with the Weber during the regular season. But for Montana State and Eastern Washington, or the other teams we're talking about in this top four, wouldn't you say, particularly Montana State for sure, but probably Eastern Washington as well, the best way that the Grizz are going to beat those teams is going to hit double-digit double digit three-pointers? Yes. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's been the whole thing about their roster build this year. That's why they went and got Anand Moody and Deshaun Thomas in the offseason. That's what I'm saying, man, is 
to hit 10 to 12 three-pointers, you need Moody, Thomas, and Martin to play off the ball and Bannon to be the facilitator in that. For sure. Uh, yeah. Dual facilitators, I guess, because you can also have Whitney be a facilitator when he's going one-on-one. All I'm Long story short, breathless response, like it's a great adjustment by the Grizz. The Cats are so intriguing because – they're, the the men and women cats are both the same. They're both eleven and three in conference. Montana State's women is in first place by two games. Montana State's men is in second place by three games. Both have been so steady and solid, but as the preseason favorites, they had so much hype coming in. Both seem to still have their basketball best basketball out in front of them. But in tournament settings, if you have the best players, you have the best chance. So it's just it's just so interesting to me because eleven and three in these women's and men's sides is nothing to scoff at. Yet I still think that we both agree that the cats on both sides are the most talented teams, yet still have left something to be desired. Yeah, I think it's been mostly a product of just They've been normally lucky, right? They haven't been getting lucky or unlucky, and that's about what you would expect a team of that talent to be is, you know, three losses. I mean, you you take one to the second-best team in the league, you drop a couple that you're not supposed to because you lose close games. I mean, I don't know what happened in the Idaho game for the Montana State men, but it's just everything in the men's league is skewed this year because Eastern Washington's been hitting this run of close games, and they're still undefeated. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Last couple things here. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsNT.com. The Cats won in Missoula, 67-64. Not without controversy, but it was still their first win in Missoula since 2010. They also have not swept the Grizz since 2010. So what do you think of the magnitude of this matchup for the Cats? But also, how do you think the Grizz coming in on a five-game winning streak and also having that to play for, not getting swept for the first time in 13 years, how does that play into this matchup as well? Huge on both sides. I don't think you need the, the winning streaks or the the um, considerations, the consequences of this game to play a role. I mean, it's just last time you're guaranteed to play a rival this year. I think that'll play into it huge for both teams. Interested to see a couple of adjustments for both teams from the first game. I think uh, Josh Bannon, who we've talked about a lot on this podcast, did not play well in the first game. I think that... Montana State really exposes a lot of his weaknesses because Josh Bannon, we've talked a lot about he's, how he's been handling the ball. Uh, he's been bringing the ball up in his heart still, in his nature. Josh Bannon is at his best when he is bullying people in the low post. And it's just watching him go against Jabril Bello and then Great Osibor the first you know 10 minutes of that game in Missoula and just getting stonewalled as he tried to drive into the paint and he doesn't quite have the he's a well-rounded player but he doesn't quite have the quickness still to beat those players off the dribble 
He's going to have to find a way to make an impact in that game, and maybe it is with his playmaking going up against those players because I think those are two of the very few players that he cannot bully in the league. I think also how Montana deals with Darius Brown, and if Darius Brown is going to be able to make the clutch plays that he made in the first game. You know, Montana doesn't have an answer for Raekwon Battle. Nobody in the league does. He's going to get his, right? The guy who made the biggest plays down the stretch of that first game for Montana State was was Darius Brown. I mean, he made the three-point play to tie it up. Um, he's somebody that Montana should be well-equipped to deal with in with having Derek Brandon Whitney. Uh, he was one of the best players on the court in that first game, and he made all the important plays in the first game, and, and just how they handle him at home now. Sprinkle has talked all year about how it's only a matter of time before the Cats actually just go off and just hit 13 threes. He even said this week, like the Grizz. <laughs> like, when you get the open looks, you just got to hit them. Tyler Patterson has not been shooting that well this year. And, By the numbers. And the games when he does go and hit four or five, then the Cats obliterate people. They win by 20. Well, this is what I wrote about last year after the Big Sky Championship game when Tyler Patterson and Nick Azalis last year are hitting threes. That's the best version of the Cats, right? Because those guys are always going to have open looks at threes given the other players that they have on the floor. Absolutely true. Uh, they, they, it's just only a matter of time before the Cats freak out. But that's also why Josh Bannon's a pro. Like The fact that he can initiate the offense in the half court out of the high post, he can initiate the offense on the ball, he can also be the bully in the post, especially in clutch time. If he can add the ability to do all of those things not just in decided situations, but in the flow of the game. Then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, he's he's making so much money playing basketball. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he has the tools to take literally whatever the defense gives him. He should be able to bully people small. I mean, he's basically he's Travis Kelsey of the league, right? He should be able to bully people smaller than him. He should be able to be quicker or to shoot over players smaller than him. Uh, or, you know, he just, he should be able to have it all. And he's shown it in games this year. Last game against Montana State, he didn't. There's a lot of things that make Montana great. From the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. So this all comes down to then who is this game bigger than? Because the Cats, if they lose this game, if the Cats, they lose this game, they're still alone in second place. The Grizz, if they win this game, they're still alone. They move into being tied for third place. We just watched Weber State finish off a win against Saxony. So as of this recording, as we were doing this in real time, Weber State's 9-6 and six in the league. So if the Grizz win, they're still tied for third place. The Cats win, they're in second place. The Cats lose, they're in second place. But there's the, the history of the rivalry on the line. No sweeps for the Cats since 2010. And Travis Takir has never been swept by, the, by Montana State. So, yeah, I mean, in that analysis, it really comes down to Danny Sprinkle and what he is able to get his team to play for this game. I think, you know, Montana State's players are smart, right? They know that there is a slim chance of them catching Eastern Washington for the conference title no matter what happens in this game. But I think, like we talked about earlier, 
This is a team who still thinks that they can prove it in the conference tournament. And so does this game really mean that much? I, I know it does. I think it means more to, to Montana, though, because getting swept hurts more than not getting a, a sweep, in my mind. I, I don't know. Absolutely true. The split gives rallying cries for both teams. Getting swept is demoralizing for the Grizz and empowering for the Cats. But more, but more one way, I guess, is That's my right. point. It, right. Like, you hate to lose. You hate to get swept more than you want the sweep, especially when you know that, you know, a sweep is still going to give you, I don't know, maybe a 10% chance to catch Eastern Washington at the end of the season. And, and you're targeting the conference tournament at this point. 100%. Well, and I, I gave three out of the four scenarios. Cats are in second no matter what happens to this game. Grizz are in third if they win. They're in fourth, though, licking their wounds if they lose. And that's not a place that Montana wants to be again because then all of a sudden you're back in the cesspool of what is who can't figure it out. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say the whirlpool. Montana has felt that this season of being in the whirlpool of the teams who are struggling to grab that to finish fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever, struggling in the whirlpool of teams who don't have it figured out, right? Struggling... Uh, among all the teams who um, were not sure if they're conference title contenders or not, struggling in that second or third tier. That's just, I just feel like the motivation to not go back there is stronger than Montana State's motivation to, to stay where they've been the entire season and really where they're going to end up the season, I think, regardless of what happens in this game. Vindication for you and the last thing that I'll end on. Up until right now, I thought only two teams could win the Big Sky Conference, Eastern Washington and Montana State. If Montana wins on Saturday, I believe there's three teams that could win the Big Sky Conference. What say you? In terms of the tournament? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say... I think I've been saying all season more, that more there's than, five. There's five. Including, after those three, Weber? And who else? Definitely Weber, Sac State. Wow. I do, I'm not on Sac State at all. You're on Northern Arizona, though, so you would say five <laughs> anyway. But I'm just saying, I mean. I think Northern Arizona can mess up the conference tournament. I don't know if they actually win it. Fair enough. Uh, Sac State blew out Montana. They've played close games against Eastern Montana State. I just think there's a lot left in it, right? There's no there's no favorite, and I think Sac State is good enough to... I mean, I don't really want to go into a deep dive of Sac State right now just because I made that statement or whatever. But, like, I don't know, man. They got a 7-2 guy. They got a great shot-making guard in Zach Chappelle. Uh, I feel like they could win it. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. A whole bunch of stuff coming up, including Cola Bad Bear from the Montana State women's basketball team here uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks so much for tuning in with us. Uh, thanks to Andrew Houghton for contributing here uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown. Cola Bad Bear, Travis DeCure, Danny Sprinkle, Anand Moody, all next on the Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks to our great sponsors.
Do you want your sports news, commentary, and features from a corporate publication? Would you like to hear it from local experts who have lived in your community their entire lives? At Skyline Sports, Coulter and Brooks Nuanas bring more than two decades of experience to give you old-school journalism with a new-age presentation at SkylineSportsMT.com. The Nuanas brothers provide knowledge from a family who lives Big Sky Conference athletics every day. For $8 a month or 90 bucks a year, get access to comprehensive college grizz and bobcat coverage at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, Every day, every season. Whether you're in the restaurant business or you just want to host any big event, JMV Restaurant Supply can make sure you have everything you need. JMV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a Scotty, JMV Restaurant has everything you might need. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. If you can't make it in, JMV also has a great website, jvrestaurant.com. Get everything you need for your next event at JMV, your restaurant specialist. Well, Big Sky Conference basketball coverage continues, and we welcome in now a senior for the Montana State women's basketball team and a proud building senior graduate, Cola Badbear. She's joined us on the show before, but it's nice to talk to her again. Cola, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Enjoying my day off. How are you? Very good. Well, thank you so much for taking a minute uh, on your day off here. First, uh, I got to say, this is uh, the second time we've had a Bad Bear on the show here in recent months. We had your sister on, uh, Courtney Bad Bear, after Billing Senior won the Class AA state chi- title, and she was just so great to talk to. So what do you think of that? I mean, your sister, she's not very old, but she's already uh, making waves in the high school ranks as a coach. So what did you think of Billing Senior's run, and, and uh, what do you think of your sister leading the way there for the Bronx? Honestly, I've always seen her as like a leader and this captain, and so it's just so fitting for her to get that head coach position and then obviously take them all the way to the championship. She's just always kind of had an old soul, I guess you could say, and so, I mean, never once I've ever doubted she's going to end up being a coach, but never did I think it was going to be this early in her years, but, you know, she's got a lot to fill, and she's going to keep you going. Happy well, very cool. I mean, how much do you take pride in that part of it? I mean, I know there's always a lot made, especially this week with the rivalry coming up of the go- the girls from mm-hmm. Montana and, and the guys from Montana as well. Uh, how much does that matter to you, though, just uh, being a Billings native and, and representing your town and also your Native American heritage and, and, and all that sort of thing? Yeah, um, it means a lot just, you know, being here in general and having this opportunity. Not a lot of people do get this opportunity, especially to play against a rival this big in Montana Um, and so I'm really grateful and blessed to be with the girls I have on my team especially the other Montana natives you know you got Lexi Deaton and Lindsay Hine and so they got a lot to partake in this as well so it's really fun to just go out there and compete against another Montana rival in front of a lot of diehard fans. Cola Badbear joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. She's a senior at Montana State, played on the women's basketball team. And before we get into some more of the, the uh, hoop side of things and this upcoming matchup on Saturday, I want to ask you about this uh, initiative you've been a part of for the last couple of years. You've been doing a great job helping raise awareness uh, for the No More Stolen Sisters initiative, which is uh, to bring awareness yeah. to it and hopefully put a stop to the human trafficking, particularly that goes on on the Indian reservations here in Montana. So I know we've talked about it a little bit before, but just give people a refresher. I mean, how did you first get into this and why does it mean so much to you? Well, coming into my freshman year four years ago, Katie Mobley, the assistant coach at the time, had asked me what I thought about having a game highlighting this initiative. And 
being a freshman, I was like, wow, you know, um, yeah, I'll let you take all the reins. You know, I just was still really shy and didn't really know my spot then. And just having her do that and take me under her wing and seeing how passionate she was as an ally um, really made me want to educate myself more on this topic. And it hits more personally for me because being from the reservation, a part of the Crow Reservation here in Montana, um, I had some girls I knew had gone missing and, you know, some other stuff just didn't add up. And so I just thought I could use my voice and my platform to bring awareness to that and bring light to that subject um, and try to educate people around the Bozeman community and Montana with what's happening around them, you know, because there are seven reservations in Montana. And so I think it's pretty, I think it is needed that all communities come together. Well, it is such a worthwhile cause. I think it's great that you're a, a part of it. And it is such an important thing that's going on that people do need to, to recognize. So, I mean, when you think back to where you come from, there's such a huge support system when it comes to, to it seems like there's a huge connection between basketball and, and people on the reservation. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that's such a huge part of Native American culture as well. So, I mean, how important is it to you not only to, to represent this great cause, but also just to represent uh, for your people, for your nation? I mean, it means a lot, especially because, I mean, basketball is huge on the reservations, huge in the Native American community, just because it brings us all together into one area. And it's something fun to watch that we can all cheer on each other for. Um, And for me, especially, I have a lot of family, like, still coming to my games and reaching out and watching, like, via Facebook um, and just from, like, different states. So I think it's really cool that I am one of them. And out here, you know, making it and for like younger kids to see me doing this, I hope to just continue to pave this pathway for them to strive for more and bigger than what I am doing right now. And just so that it's more normalized, you know, so they can know like they can do it too. Well, so awesome. Cole Badbear joining us here on Nuan is now ESPN Radio. And I think it's great, too, that there's sort of a parallel now with the men's team because Raekwon Battle has sort of emerged as, as uh, sort of a represent, representative from his nation as well. And uh, so d- just having this sort of spread onto the men's side, I know he's been uh, helping bring awareness to this as well from the No More, no more Stolen Relatives perspective. So just having a, a, mm-hmm. a sort of a, a fellow Native American who's also a part of the men's basketball team, what's that part been like? Yeah, I think it's really cool, especially um, for me for a while there, I was the only one, the only Native American uh, with MSU Athletics, and so I think it was pretty cool to have another one. And on the men's basketball team, um, especially this year, wanting to continue the No More Stolen Relatives game and having them partake in that, especially with him being so willing to do that because I know a lot of people, a lot more people can look up to you and want to hear your standpoint on that. And so I thought he's been doing a really good job on bringing awareness to this issue, especially from him being from the Washington Reservation area. Well, very cool and uh, awesome for you to get a chance to represent uh, for all those awesome things and represent for the state of Montana as well. Cola Badbear, a Billings mm-hmm. senior product, uh, joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Let's uh, let's talk about some hoops then. Uh, first of all, just take us through your season. Yeah. I mean, you guys are sitting here alone in first place now as we come down the stretch. Uh, what's it been like being the preseason favorite coming off that uh, trip to the big dance a year ago, sort of having that target on your back, but you guys have, have handled it really well and, and sitting here atop the standing. So what has it taken for Montana State women's hoops uh, to be out in front here as we come down the stretch in the Big Sky Conference? Yeah, um, I mean, just referring back to your comment from last season, going to the big dance, I think that gave us a little bit more of this push to 
try to be better than last season and prepare for, like, the better, the more elite teams, like the Stanford. Um, and so by doing so in off season, we really challenged one another. We played so much, like, three-on-three, one-on-one, five-on-five. Um, and so I think that carried into this season, especially, I mean, we had some ups and downs. But by where we're standing right now, we're hoping to just continue to get better because there is a lot of season left. I mean, four games, but that's a lot of time. And then we still got the tournament. And with the target on our back, I guess, like pressure is privilege. And so just knowing we're going to get everyone's best game and best punch at us and to continue to focus on the fundamentals and staying together as a team, um, especially in these moments, because when we play teams, they got nothing to lose. And so they're going to give us, you know, whatever they got. And so by us just maintaining that focus to play to what we can do and what we know we can do rather than playing to other people's uh, levels. We got Lady Grizz squad coming to town that's won five out of six, and they've certainly been playing a lot better basketball since the last time you guys squared off. And when it comes to these rivalry games, when it is the second round, how much do you take uh, from the first round? You guys had a nine-point victory in the first round uh, of this rivalry in Missoula this year. Yeah. Is there much carryover, though, from the first matchup when you when you take on the Lady Grizz for the second time? Um, yeah, I mean, especially with it being later in season, like you said, they have gotten a lot better as a team and a unit coming off their last couple of games. And I know just from a rival standpoint, you know, like if you lose that first one and or don't play as well, you're going to have more of this redemption and wanting to redeem yourself from how you played before. So no doubt, I know they are going to come in um, a lot better and more ready or prepared, I guess you could say. And so just um, not just sticking back to that nine point win, but we also have gone better as a team as well. So I think just, you know, being prepared to what our scout has to say. I know Lady Grizz have a lot of weapons offensively, but especially in the half court, it seems to sort of start and end with Carmen G. Feller. She's such a great player, especially out of the high post. And I know mm-hmm. that you had that as sort of your primary defensive assignment last time. You did a great job on her. Uh, but then last year in the rivalry, uh, she was one of the ones that kind of went off and, and scored 30-plus points. So what do you think yeah. G. Feller does well, and how were you able to sort of contain her and uh, help her last uh, help uh, contain her last time you guys played Lady Grizz? Yeah, um, like you said, she is a great player, and she is just a weapon on all units of the floor, whether it's a block or on the three-point line. And honestly, I just having my teammates support me, playing defense on her in the last game helped a lot. And... I mean, I think I want to say she was probably in, like, foul trouble maybe, and so she couldn't really get into her groove as much, and so that helped a little bit. But just preparing for this next go-around, like I said, I know she's one heck of a player, so she's going to come in having a lot to redeem for herself, and so just being prepared for that and staying humble on what I know she's really great at so I can defend that myself on Saturday the best I can. Cole Badbear, Montana State senior here on Nuanas Now. And last thing for you then, yourself, Darian White, Madison Jackson, probably, I don't know what is down the road, I know there's all sorts of crazy eligibility things that could happen, but likely probably the last time you play the Lady Grizz on your home court. So have you considered that? And then what do you think of this opportunity with Montana coming to Bozeman on Saturday? Yeah, um, with it possibly being our last time on the court, especially together, it's bittersweet. And uh, bittersweet just to have this last rivalry game Within the last four years, we this is one of our favorite games we look forward to all year and all season. And for it to be the last one on our home court, um, I'm like really looking forward to it, especially with some of my best friends that I'll have for life. 
Well, very cool. Best of luck. Uh, before we get you out of here, tell people I know that you uh, you have some uh, merchandise for to support No More Stolen Sisters uh, as part of the NIL collective mm-hmm. there at uh, for the, for Montana State. So tell people, I mean, how can they find that? I know that Chris Redpath, one of our partners here, she's ordered us a couple shirts, so we'll be wearing them on the TV for yeah. you once they huh. get here. But uh, either way, if people want to get us hold of one of these shirts or they want to support the cause, how do they get involved? Yeah, thank you for that, first of all. And it's bobcatcollective.com. And you just look up a link, and it's an online website link that will lead you to all these MSU athletes. And if you just look up my name, it'll show all the red shirts. And most of those proceedings will be going to the student organization club um, me and another student had started last year. And with that, we're going to donate and distribute the monetary donations um, to families across Montana and also just towards the club so we can have self-defense classes and bring more awareness on campus. Well, very cool. Go check that out. Support a great cause. And uh, very much looking forward to Montana at Montana State, the second round of the rivalry, Saturday in Bozeman. The women tip at 2 p.m., the men tip at 7 p.m. Cole Badbear, Billings Senior Product and Montana State Women's Basketball Senior Power Forward, joining us here on Nuanas Now. Cola, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for taking the time, and uh, best of luck on Saturday. Yeah, thank you for having me. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Around the Big Scan of Women's Hoops down here at Finn. We've been doing a couple interviews from down here post-coaches show. If you ever want to come check out University of Montana, men's and women's basketball coaches talking on the radio, come on down uh, Tuesdays at noon to 1.30. We're here with Brian Holsinger, the head coach of the Montana Lady Grizz. And, Coach, before we get to the rivalry game, which everybody's going to be talking about all week long, let's talk about this last weekend. I know it was a tough loss for you guys against Idaho State, but then you bounced back and uh, – beat Weber State pretty handily and also a great way to commemorate a great weekend for a great man. I thought the event on Friday night was unbelievable. thought it was first class all the way. Rob brought the house down as he always does. Uh, but it must have felt pretty good to at least bounce back from that loss on Thursday and get a win on Robin Selvig Court, the first game ever played on Selvig Court. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, it's you know, I, I said this earlier this week um, or this last weekend, I drew a jersey. I drew a pic. I draw pictures sometimes, and so just trying to get keep the attention span of some of these young kids these sure. days. And so I drew some. I drew a picture of a jersey with Montana across the front, and and so we got to attend the thing, the whole ceremony on Friday, and it was pretty meaningful and pretty, of course, hilarious with Rob there. But but um, and he shouted out our kids and came over and said he's proud of them and loves watching them, and so that was pretty cool. But you know, it meant something different the day after that when they put the Montana jersey on because they experienced something unique that night. And so what an awesome, awesome time. And, of course, you know, I I joked about it, but we played more zone in that game than we'd played all season uh, for a reason. And, you know, Rob was famous for his 2-3 zone back in the day. And and so he, he, he actually liked that too. But we I was really proud of our effort on defense especially. Five out of six for your team. I know when this streak first started, you were talking about putting a high priority on the defensive side of the ball. How much has uh, just the adjustments in your rotation helped, and how much has just sort of putting a priority on that side of the ball helped you guys? Yeah, I mean, I harp on it every day. This team, for whatever reason, likes to score more than they like to play defense. But So that was a big moment for us this weekend to play two games where we held people you know, under, under, under 40% for sure. I think it was under 38% shooting. 
And, um, you know, we shot the ball pretty poorly, actually, and still won against Weaver by, you know, 17 or whatever it was. And, and so that's, that's important. The, the, the lineup change definitely helped. Danny Barch has been fantastic. Um, we can press a little bit more with her at the four. Uh, she's long, and she rebounds the crap out of the ball. She's been rebounding it so well. And that just is a big factor for our team. And then you also have a little more length at the one with uh, Mac. She's longer um, than, than somebody like Gina to start the game, and that gives us a little bit better stuff on defense so you know the lineup change was more for that than anything uh we've scored pretty good but defensive has really helped us the other underrated part we've talked a lot about matt coning and her growth and how good she's been as a, a true freshman running the show for you guys on the ball but gina markson has been playing off the ball quite a bit too as a quintessential point guard she has adjusted that pretty darn well what have you thought of the sacrifice that she's made to i mean maybe not even a sacrifice because she's getting way more open shots she's getting set up more what have you thought of just her her adjustment well, I mean, she was the only kid that shot good this weekend. She yeah. goes 8 for 12 from 3, and she's capable of that. She's, you know, and I think more than anything for her, the pressure of handling the ball right off the bat, it's just it's a lot. And so just putting her off the ball, she obviously plays point when Matt goes out and, and does that, but she can really shoot it. And so having a dependable person on the wing, not only does it, you know, the points from her shooting, but it spaces the floor so well um, inside. So, it, you know, if you double, there's somebody sitting out there that's making 8 out of 12. It makes it a lot tougher. But proud of her. It's just taking time. I mean, she's she sat out for a year. You don't just sit out for a year and all. You know, it's like you sitting out doing radio for you. You come back and it's like uh, training <laughs> wheels back on. And so for her, it's, she's just gotten more comfortable. Ryan Holsinger here on Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, you also mentioned Danny Barch, and, and she's uh, someone that's going to have a little spotlight on her this weekend because you know, she is a Montana girl from Helena Capital, but it's been cool to watch her uh, sort of blossom. You know, She has such great athleticism, such great natural gifts, uh, but now she's kind of figuring it out now that she's kind of a full-time basketball player. So how have you seen her grow? I mean, she's she like you said, you know, these some of these Montana kids they play so many sports. She was so good in volleyball. She was so good in all these things, and she just never really concentrated on basketball. And we worked really hard on her shooting this summer. Um, I was the other night when she had ten rebounds at half. I'm like, you need to shoot some of those. <laughs> she's underneath the basket, and I'm like, shoot the ball. But she she's just she's relishing in her role right now, and that's been big for our team. Uh, she's you know I always talk about the kids that can impact the game without scoring, and she's one of them, big time. Uh, I would like for her. To, to be a little bit more aggressive, and she's getting there, but she's she's coming into her own. I'm really proud of her. I didn't know what we'd get. I know she worked hard this summer, um, but you know she we've put her in the starting lineup for the things that really win, which is defensive rebounding, and she's she's just really taken off. Montana State uh, in first place, all alone right now. Do you take anything from the first matchup uh, here in Missoula? And if so, what are the carryovers? Yeah, we sucked. Uh, we just didn't play good. I mean, we did. We, you know, it's, it's, you always have those moments during the season, right, where you just you have a stretch where you just like you're not things aren't clicking, things aren't playing well. It happened to be that stretch where we get off the road, we play Eastern, and just played like absolute terrible here at home, and then turn around and did the same thing. We just had a stretch there was just playing poor, and so for us, we're a completely different team now. Um, I expect us to have a completely different performance over there, uh, and just you know our seniors especially. You know, obviously the freshmen in that first game were fantastic and I hope we continue to get that effort. But your seniors in those big games, their seniors, credit to them, stepped up. Ours didn't play their best. And so I expect us to respond much differently. Well, best catalyst in the league.
Darian White, uh, when she gets in the paint, it makes everything happen for Montana State. So uh, how do you go about uh, the initial defensive game plan against her? Yeah, we got to keep her in front of us, and we got to be a little tighter. She we got a little too much space against us. She got a little too comfortable. And so we got to make her uncomfortable. That's what we tried to do defensively in everything. Uh, we made some of the players on their, on their team feel uncomfortable, but not the one we really needed to. And so, you know, last year we did a good job of making her feel uncomfortable. Uh, the first game, credit to her, she just kind of had her way. And so we got to change that in the second game to be successful. Keys to victory for the Lady Grizz on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it's always defend and rebound. It's always. I mean, it's just, especially on the road, um, you know, we, we'll we have to come out and shoot the ball much better. They force you to shoot perimeter shots by, the, you know, they, they switch everything. They help in the gaps. So we have to make we have to make perimeter shots, but you always, you got you to gotta trust it and defend right and rebound right. Ryan Holsinger, Lady Grizz at Montana State, 2 p.m., from Brick Breed and Fieldhouse in Bozeman. Thanks for being here, Coach. Of course, man. Always a pleasure, Coulter. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Well, since we came to you last, the Grizz haven't lost. Maybe that means we're the ones that are bad luck. I guess if the Grizz lose again on Saturday, we might just have to cancel the show, Velk. I don't know what's going on. It's, it's trouble, but right now <laughs> we're riding a high, and I, I don't want to do anything to jinx it, so I'm trying to I'm trying to wear the same clothes. And, you know, I haven't, haven't taken a bath in five weeks. Something like that. I can't recall. With a trip to Vegas in between, it is the Big Share Breakdown. This is our Grizz Basketball All-Time Greats Countdown. John Velk, Velk Law, presenting this to you all year long. We've been going uh, from number 12 now through, we're going to do number 7, 6, and 5 today as we get closer to number 1. we got to make up for some last time because uh, we were in and out the last couple weeks, both been crossing paths but kind of busy. So here we are now, sitting at Ruby's Cafe. Just had the best meal I've had in so long, man. That beef stroganoff was money. Oh, it was money. You know, there's specials down here. They usually try and make it a little more homemade. And when you get a special that's up your alley, the right thing, like today we did with Stroganoff, wow, phenomenal. So we will have, I guess, three more installments of this between now and the Big Sky Tournament so we can get all the way around to the top-ranked player. The uh, caveats here are these are the best players that John Velk has ever seen in, from his courtside seat over the last four decades. And uh, we're not including guys that were not four-year players. These are the best four-year players. So we're into the top ten. We're at number seven. Who you got? We got a little guy out of Coal Strip, Montana, named Kevin Criswell. The Coal Strip Combine, baby. This guy was a, a hoops nut. I remember when Criswell was redshirting for the Grizz, he would get done with, with Grizz hoops practice, and he'd come over to the rec center, and he would hoop all afternoon, all evening with us. And then he'd go play intramurals. This guy's like a freaking machine. He could play basketball for like nine hours in a row every single day and never get tired. It was unbelievable. Uh, he lived it. He lived it, and he, he was everything you'd ever want in a player because he was just going to be in the best shape, and he was in the best shape. He'd run everybody to death. And back then, you know, there weren't people that would just run and run and run you to death the whole game as often because we'd come out of coaches that kind of were slow down, pound the paint. And Criswell just had this motor. He'd run his defender around in a circle about eight or nine times on every offensive possession until after about halftime, anybody guarding him had their tongue out and they couldn't keep up, and then he'd bust it in their eye. Criswell had one of the most storied careers uh, in the history of the Grizz, particularly for a guy from small-town Montana. He uh, 
I don't know. I'd say he's probably the last guy that was from a, a non-double-A high school in Montana that was really a truly a star for, for the Grizz. He played for Montana from 2002-2006. Legendary high school career, won back-to-back state championships at Cole Strip, and then went on to become one of the all-time leading scorers in the history of the University of Montana. I remember when he first walked on, and I remember the coaches after like half of his redshirt year, they were like, oh, that guy's not a walk-on because that guy's going to be one of our best players. And then he was the freshman of the year as a redshirt freshman the next year. So, I mean, it's a cool story because he does come from just a Class A school and then he rose up to be an all-time great. Yeah, I mean, he's, he wasn't exceptionally big. No. He, he didn't have anything when you looked at him that would make you say, oh, boy, we've, we've got a, a real diamond here. But when he played, you knew as soon as he got on the court, the whole place, the whole gym amped up probably an extra 200 amps electrically. It was just, let's watch Criswell. Let's see him bang it out. He used to, um, he would shoot shots that you'd never imagine somebody shooting too. Like he had that cool, like turnaround baseline fadeaway, but he would bank it. Like he was just so old school. It, he honestly, he's not, he's not six, nine, like Larry Bird, but he reminded me of Larry Bird. Cause he shot like a lot of trick shots. Oh, I like that. That's a, that's a great analogy. Like a mini Larry Bird, yeah. because you know he, he knew how to score, and when you're six three and you're kind of in the paint or in the eight nine foot zone, a lot of times you turn around and you don't know what's going to be waiting for you. And sometimes it's a six nine guy with a forty inch vertical, and so you got to shoot and use the backboard. And he's like, okay, I'm ready to do that. I practice that. That's what I worked on. And so I'm glad you jumped high, and I'm just going to float it over you off the glass and take it home. Criswell finished his career with 1,663 points, which still ranks in the top five in school history. Uh, he averaged uh, 14.5 points per game. But probably the most memorable moment of what was a really memorable career was when he had an outstanding game. He and Andrew Strait had s- such memorable performances the last time the Grizz won a game in the NCAA tournament. And that was also the last time a Big Sky team has won the, in the NCAA tournament, which is crazy to think. That's 17 years ago. I remember sitting down at the press box, and uh, we were watching the tournament all day, and then that came on, and I don't think I've ever drank so much beer in my whole life as we did after Montana won that game. But Griswell, uh, that was a great moment for him and that team, too, to break through and beat Nevada that year. Oh, it was phenomenal. I I remember we were down at Hammerjacks, which no longer exists, but that was kind of the hot place at the time. And literally, after about the first five minutes of the game, in start – filing all the business guys because they're listening on the radio and unfortunately not to be negative usually by the first 15 minutes or five minutes we're down 10 or 11 and, sure. and we know where it's going and so it's like i'm gonna stay at work but no we were hanging with them we were ahead of them and all of a sudden business guys are trickling in trickling in pretty soon it's packed there's no seats everybody's standing and we're screaming after every play it was electric it was unbelievable it was a perfect opportunity to day drink <laughs> Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. The top 12 players that John Bell seen sitting courtside uh, at the University of Montana. Number seven, Kevin Criswell, the Cole Strip Combine. All right, uh, moving on into uh, the top six now. Who do we got at number six? At number six, we've got a little guy named Will Cherry. Love me some Will Cherry. Will Cherry was one of the... Uh, the prized recruits of Wayne Tinkle's era at Montana and uh, opened up what has then now been a pretty much consistent pipeline out of Oakland for the last 10 years. 
Cherry was kind of the first one, and they've gotten a bunch of guys from that area since then. Uh, but he came in and made an impact right away as well. He was a freshman of the year in the league too. Yeah, no, he's unbelievable. You know, the thing that first stood out about Cherry is he was picking up guards right at half court, and he was so fast that half the time he was picking their pocket and going down and making layups, and it was a good thing he had that ability because he couldn't shoot outside hardly. But I, I take that back because I look at his scoring, and, you know, he, he was up there in scoring, but you always think of him as defense first. Defense and slashing to the hole, layups, just just – fundamentally sound on defense so many of the Grizz coaches have always loved defensive guys uh, but I always thought that if Will Cherry could have played for Travis Takir that would have been a pretty good pick because because TD loves himself some defensive point guards and that's exactly what Will Cherry was oh yeah no he would yeah I, I bet I bet he would have fallen in love with Cherry if he was coaching him that's exactly what he wants out of you know a guy that distributes a ball a guy that makes steals a guy that doesn't cough it up and is just fundamentally sound all the way around like that but then on top of it, if he does get that steal, I mean, he, he went he went to the hole. Well, great slashers in the history of the league. Ended up averaging 13 points per game for his career, 2.3 steals per game, which is the all-time record in the Big Sky Conference for most steals per game. He's first-team All-Big Sky three times, two-time Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Sky. And even though he was known, like Velko was saying, for his defense and uh, his ability in open court, he still scored 1,484 points, which uh, it, as of right now is the seventh most uh, in league history. He also told the funniest story I've ever heard on my radio show, and the, one of the only times we almost got fined from the FCC, but I didn't care, because he's telling the story about when he first got in the NBA. He got drafted. People don't remember this. He actually got drafted by Toronto, and then he got cut by the Raptors after having an exceptional performance in, in Summer League. And then he got signed by the – he was driving back from Toronto. He, said, he told me this whole story. He's driving back from Toronto to Missoula, feeling all sad. His agent calls him. He says – I got you a 10-day contract with Cleveland. This was at the height of LeBron James in Cleveland. So Cherry is like, okay, well, I'm, I'm driving across the country. I'll, I'll pull into Cleveland. Okay, here we go. So he says he shows up, and he's warming up. He gets there hours early. You know, he doesn't want to be the first one there. And so he's all warmed up. He's ready. And in, in walks LeBron James. And, and Will's like, oh, my God, it's LeBron James. There's, there's LeBron James. And LeBron James goes, that's motherfucking Will Cherry. <laughs> Will was like, how do you know who I am? He's like, bro, I watch every summer league game. Welcome to the team. And he's like, at that moment, I knew LeBron James was the greatest teammate of all time because he even was following the summer league and knew all about it. It was just so funny to hear Will tell that story. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember I, I chatted with Will at one point, and he, he pointed out that same thing that LeBron James knew who he was. And LeBron, I think, even one time talked about him. For sure. He talked about him one time that he, he, was, he was bummed that you know, that it, there wasn't a roster spot for him because they were pretty loaded, obviously. They were making title run at that point. But I've always felt like he should have got a little bit more of a chance because the thing I always remember is nobody could lock down Damian Lillard. That's right. And, and he came as close to locking him down. Nobody can lock him down in the NBA right now. And Will did as good of a job against him as anybody I've ever seen. And so that, that should translate. He should be getting a shot in the NBA, if nothing else, just a, just a situational defensive stopper. That, that's probably the, the, the key part to Will Cherry's legacy is he led Montana to three NCAA tournaments, uh, but it was the denial of Damian Lillard going to the NCAA tournament as well. They beat Weber in the championship game twice, and Will Cherry was the one that really locked in on, uh, on the Weber State star who's gone on to become an all-pro all uh, in the NBA. 
Will went a different route too, though, because he decided he was going to play for these top leagues in Europe, and he's still playing. I mean, he's made stops all across Greece. Um, he's currently playing in Germany, and uh, you know, I mean, he's he's won a lot too. And so, I mean, that, that's pretty cool. I mean, he's been on a Lithuanian League Championship team, a Croatian League Championship team, a German Cup winning team. He's been on a team that won the ABA, which is like the All Europe team. So. Uh, he's had a really, really successful pro career. He's still, playing, he's still making money playing pro basketball. Yeah, you can't beat it. When you're making money over in Europe, you're not getting taxed. They usually take care of a lot of your living expenses, so he's building himself a nice little nugget, and he's not that old. Number five, a same guy from that era. He kind of took the torch from Will Cherry and then kept it going. Who we got at number five? We got Kareem Jamar at number five. Kareem Jamar, I, I don't know. W- w- would you say this is a correct assessment? Is he the most versatile player in Grizz history? Yeah, you know, I think all the way around. I think I think he could just do anything. I mean, he had a post-up game. If you needed him to run double screens along the baseline and shoot a pop three, a turnaround three along the baseline, he'd do that. If you needed him to slash, if you needed him to bring the ball up, he brought the ball up if we needed that. Yeah, no, I can't think of anybody that is more all-around adept. I think J.R. Camel's kind of got the athleticism yeah. of it, but he was just a little shorter, so you weren't going to get him to post up as much. I mean, he, his scoring inside was different. It was more quick moves. Yeah, it is interesting because you're right. Like, Jabbar kind of played in the front court the first two years, and then he played in the back court his last years. He was like, by the end of his career, it's actually funny because so many of these guys went out on top. Jamar actually went to the NCAA tournament his freshman through junior year, and then his senior year, they kind of had a bum year, and then Tickle left that next year to go to Oregon State. But they asked Jamar to do so much that year. I mean, he was playing point, but he was guarding the four on defense. I mean, he had to do pretty much everything that year, and he won League Player of the Year that year for it. And I, I thought it was good that the league recognized his efforts, even though the Montana was kind of middle of the pack that season. Yeah, we didn't have a great record, but that's when he got Player of the Year because literally he was doing everything. He did everything for the team that year, and – you know, I don't care how good you are, you're not going to have a one-person team that carries you in the big sky. Maybe back in the 70s you might have been able to do that, but certainly not in the last couple decades. Jamar, a three-time first-team All-Big Sky selection. He was the Big Sky Conference Player of the Year uh, in 2013. He was also an honorable mention All-American that year as well and finished his career in the top ten in Grizz history uh, in scoring. He has since then played – uh, kind of same story as as Will Cherry. He's played all over the place, uh, but mostly has made his team uh, his home in Austria. And he's been on the uh, the Austrian League champions twice. He's won the Austrian Cup twice. So, uh, just another example of a guy that's uh, made good after his career with the Grizz as well. Yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but I'm I'm gonna have to talk to him next time I'm on Twitter. Ask him if he's taken up skiing or bobsledding. I mean, he's in the area. <laughs> it's like those. Uh, there was a couple of those track guys, Alex Mustard, and uh, and I guess one of them was Gage Smith. Was the, he played football in Montana? They went and tried out for the U.S. bobsled team, and they were they're right there in the mix. So you know there's a there is an avenue there. Uh, any definitive memories of Kareem Jamar? He was in, in sort of an interesting time because Tinkle had had it rolling, and then you could tell Tinkle was on to bigger and better things. Jamar was a part of that, uh, but he doesn't necessarily have that same definitive moment as Will Cherry. But he was such a great all-around player yeah he was just an all-around all-around great player and, and really an all-around great guy just a just a real happy go-lucky demeanor kind 
Uh, I just remember him giving tons of time to kids after games, whether we won or lost. He's out there on the court for an hour afterwards, shooting hoops with whoever came up, signing jerseys and stuff. Just really a great Grizz ambassador, too. We've had uh, we've had Will Cherry on my ESPN radio show, and uh, we've caught up with a couple of these guys as of late, but I haven't caught up with Kareem for a while. So it's good inspiration. Thanks, Bill. I'm going to have to call Kareem and see if he wants to come on the radio with us. That'd be fun. Yeah, you know, he's such a quiet guy that you don't think of, of hitting him up for stuff, but sure. he's got great stories and great guys. So yeah, I'd look forward to listening to something about that. Grizz at the Cats on Saturday, 7 p.m. Tip off from Brickbreed and Fieldhouse. Any thoughts on the rivalry game? Yeah, I don't like to make it sound like I'm betting against our team, but uh, I think I'm going to get about eight points from D'Amico, Tom D'Amico. <laughs> and I'm shouting that out here so that it's a verbal and binding contract uh, over the air. Got to love it. Tom D'Amico, a great player there at Montana State, and uh, should be a fun weekend in Bozeman. Grizz riding a five-game winning streak. Uh, the Cats looking for their first season sweep of Montana in almost 15 years, so a lot on the line for both these teams. This is our uh, Top 12 Countdown presented by Belk La. Tell people how they can get a hold of you if they need your services. Yeah, same number for 33 years now, 406-543-0909. VelkLaw.com is the site. And, again, my best free legal advice always, don't need me. That's <laughs> great. great legal advice. We'll have more next week, and uh, we'll get even more caught up next week as we get into the top four of this top 12 countdown. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks, pal. You want us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Our ESPN Roundtable continues with a conversation with Montana head men's basketball coach Travis DeCure. This interview from earlier this week. Coach, your team's won five in a row now coming into the rivalry game. Your last loss was to Montana State. So what's been going well as of late? How's the week been so far? It's been a good week. Um, energetic practice yesterday. I can I can feel where our guys' heads are right now. I think they're excited about getting in and breaking the sweat today. Um, we've been playing the right way. We've had a, a, a stretch two weeks now of playing basketball the right way, playing together, um, and emotionally being attached to the game. And if we can continue with that, I think we'll continue to play good basketball. I, I don't know that how long the streak will go, um, but for me, I'm more concerned about how often we play well as opposed to our streak. The, the losses to MSU and then SAC were the last losses, and since then, a lot of games since the last time you saw the Bobcats. So, I mean, when you look at them, what's maybe changed in the last six games since you guys last saw them? Nothing. No, uh, <laughs> they played different against us than they played against everyone else in conference. They started big. Some of the schemes um, that they did offensively were things we hadn't seen on film. Um, I, I think when you've got the two teams, one and two, in terms of points allowed defensively, you tend to do different things against those teams offensively. So I would expect them to pull a rabbit out of the hat this Saturday again, and we're going to have to adjust uh, game time to what those changes are. You talked earlier in the year about building trust, and then you talked this last weekend about how you guys finally trust each other. What was the biggest uh, transition to, to build that trust amongst this team? Embarrassment. You know, I, I think scoring 48 points. Um, I, I think humility is the best way to get someone's attention. You don't wish that on yourself. Um, I would never want to experience that again with the team. But we had everyone's undivided attention. But they, more importantly, they had each other's attention. 
And so when guys spoke up about how they felt about where we were and how we were playing, everyone was listening. And um, we got our points across and we moved on. Seems like it's translated into the way you guys move the ball, the way you guys are moving without the ball, all sorts of different uh, byproducts of trusting each other more. Some of it is that. Some of it is some adjustments that we made um, as, as, as coaches in terms of our approach offensively. Um, but, but I think the combination of the two have been good for us. I don't know that we've scored a ton more points, but I think we've been more efficient and we've been better defensively. Grizz head men's basketball coach Travis Takir here on Nuanas Now. His team plays at Montana State on Saturday evening in Bozeman, Montana. And coach, just how important is it to be trending up going into the conference tournament with uh, that just a couple weeks away? You know, I, I think we felt like we could beat anyone in the conference, and, and maybe we thought we should. I think now we know um, in, in terms of when we get into – crunch time, you know, those final eight minutes of the game, I think our guys have more confidence in terms of their ability to close out a game. Before, we were just unsure because we didn't have anyone that really had had any experience being the closer. Um, And we found a way to do that by committee. So I I think we just are more confident right now in one another. On and Moody been playing some of his best basketball of the season and of his basketball career. He's just been red hot as of late. How much has that helped just diversify what you guys do offensively and your ability to score the ball? I, I think, once again, it's just how we play together. Um, and, and it's provided more opportunities for guys like him to catch and shoot the ball as opposed to create their own shot. And when you play better together, everyone's percentages are going to go up, along with guys like Lionel Martin. Um, and, and so I think he's just had more opportunities because of the way we play. In the half court, Bannon's so skilled. How much has that helped you guys, especially with his ability to facilitate? It's huge. The versatility, I think it takes pressure off of Brandon Whitney and allows him uh, to score more. Uh, It frees him up uh, to move without the ball and and be effective in more areas than just handling the rock. Um, And and, and also, Bannon, I think it's allowed him to focus on more than just scoring. You you mentioned the fact that Montana State went big last time. They're a little bit of a unique team because they have two true centers. You guys are a little bit of a unique team, though, because you got two true stretch posts, right? So what do you think of that element of this matchup on Saturday? I hope it works into our favor. Um, You know, look, they they lead the conference in two-point made field goals. They lead the conference in free throws attempted. It's because they're shooting so many shots near the rim. And, And so... If you're going to beat them, you got to keep them away from the rim as much as possible. Uh, and, and, and hopefully our guys can do that. Uh, and then on the flip side, they, they try to minimize three-point shots. And they did a good job of that last time we played them. And we got to find ways to, to free our guys up a lot better. Rayquan Battle, a unique player in this league. So w- w- how do you go about uh, slowing down him in, in this matchup? You, you can't approach him at the rim. Once he gets to the rim, there's, there's not a lot you can do because there's not very many guys in this conference that jump high enough. To, to change his shot enough to make him miss it. And so we've got to do a better job of addressing him earlier, keeping him out of the paint. The guy that's guarding him, that's defending him, has to do a better job of getting square sooner. Uh, and then the help's got to be there a little earlier too. When Moody gets rolling, he's really just playing to the crowd and he's so fun to watch. And he seems to really enjoy that element of it as well. How much does that just add to the element of your team? And how is that different than maybe the last uh, few years, uh, the way that stars have emerged not only in your program but across the big sky? It used to be that those guys were popular and they were common because so many young men stayed in the programs they were at and 
the places that had tradition that drew fans. Got a chance to get to know those young men and cheer for them and, 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 and kind of encourage that. With so much movement, it, it's almost difficult for anyone to get used to anyone. Um, I don't know that Moody expected that from our fan base, and I don't know that our fan base expected that in Moody. It's been a while since they've seen one, a guy like him that plays the ball the right way, uh, emotions are used the right way, uh, more in terms of a celebration of what we are doing, more so than look at me. Uh, and, and so I think it's, it's been the perfect storm on, on both sides. He mentioned just growing up in Dickinson, North Dakota, how he actually liked Montana growing up. What do you think of this sort of full circle journey for him to, to make it back now year six and play for the Grizz? Took him long enough. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's, you know, that that's what makes his story um, so positive and, and entertaining and interesting at the same time is that he's been around. He's been a part of successful programs. Um, but his level of maturity, his experience has been important to us. When it comes to just the hierarchy of leadership, Bannon's such a natural leader, but he, he seems like he has sort of a different leadership style, too. How much of that has been a key to your guys' success, just sort of meshing and, and learning how to lead together? Well, you need more than one leader. Right. Um, and, and your followers follow different types of, of personalities, and so each guy is better for a different group of guys. Um, and, and so I think it's a, it's a healthy combination along with – you know, Mac Anderson on the sidelines or behind the scenes having conversations with guys about what this is and what it is we're going through and what to expect. Um, Brandon Whitney's very silent, but he also leads by example in some areas. So I, I think the versatility and combination of all these guys doing their job the best they can do and being examples of how to go about your day uh, is important to all of us. How would you describe Deshaun's personality and has that changed that it's gotten more time with the team? Sean's quiet. Um, he's a fun personality once you get to know him and you spend time and communicate with him. But he's quiet. Um, he's just going to go out and to try to do his job and not as emotional as some of our other guys, and there's nothing wrong with that. Keys to the matchup on Saturday, but what are the keys for you guys to go into Bozeman and get a win? The best defensive team will win that night. Um, I think we both are trying to find ways to hold our opponent in the 50s that night, and Hopefully we can accomplish it without only scoring in the 50s. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. we got a rivalry game coming up times two in Bozeman, Montana on Saturday. Very much looking forward to it. Montana at Montana State. Women's hoops tips at 2 p.m., and the men tip at 7 p.m. We're joined now by Montana State head coach Danny Sprinkle. Coach Sprinks, thanks so much for joining us, man. Uh, how does uh, how does it feel when it turns into uh, the rivalry week? How, how does your mindset change, or does it at all? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, you know, not really. I mean, you're just you're so focused during the season, just going from scout to scout, and just worrying about your team getting better, and you know, cleaning up. You know, we have a lot of stuff we have to clean up. You know, from last weekend and, and the weekend before that. So, you know, the one thing it does with only one game this week, it gives you a little extra practice time to to kind of hopefully clean some of those things up. Uh, you know, and you know, clean some of the things up from our previous game with them. The art of of doing well in the Big Sky Conference. So much of it comes down to. When you lose, because you're likely not going to go undefeated, you might stub your toe once, twice, three times, whatever it might be. How do you respond then? How do you bounce back? How do you come off of a loss? And you guys suffered your first loss a little while on Thursday. 
uh, at Weber State, but then bounced back for what was a hard-earned law, uh, hard-earned win against Idaho State. So, I mean, what did you think of your team's ability to bounce back, especially on the road? Yeah, no, I, I was I was proud of them. You know, especially against a you know a tough physical Idaho State team that you know limits possessions and and you got to be you got to be disciplined to beat them. You know, especially down there. Uh, you know, I mean, two or three turnovers or quick shots in a game like that you know, will cost you a game in our league. And so, you know, I was proud of our, our guys and kind of their mindset. And, and you know, I thought I thought we played hard. You know, I thought, you know, for the most part against Weber, you know, there was a there was a 12-minute stretch where we only scored four points. We still had some good looks, you know, but also, you know, I thought Weber, I thought Weber played harder than us in the second half. And so, you know, that's, that's an issue uh, that we had to clean up. And, you know, I thought we did on Saturday. And we're going to have to, we're going to have to continue to, to clean that up. And we can't have those dry spells. Uh, where even if we are not making shots, that it's affecting our defense. And I felt like it did in that second half at Weber. Now here we are coming down the stretch, uh, just a handful of conference games left before we get to Boise, Idaho for the Big Sky Conference Tournament. What's been maybe the most surprising or challenging part about the Big Sky Conference so far this year? Yeah, it's just, I mean, every team is so dang good. (laughs) You know, like, if you don't show up, you know, like we've said on on this, you know, telecast before, like, you're going to get beat by 20. You're not just going to lose. Like if you don't show up and, and compete and play the right way, like you're going to lose by 20 and it doesn't matter if you're home or away. And so, you know, you have to constantly be improving because, you know, the coaching's tremendous in this league and they're going to, they're going to exploit your, your players weaknesses. They're going to exploit your team's weaknesses, your coaching, everything. And so, you know, you got to be on task and, and you got to kind of have that mindset of improvement to where, you know, no matter what's going on, you have to you have to show up that for Thursday or Saturday night, and uh, you know I mean I think this year's probably as strong as ever in, in the Big Sky. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Danny Sprinkle joining us, Montana State head men's basketball coach. And uh, I want to ask you just one more question about last week before we get into this rivalry. Uh, interesting to watch uh, Debril Bello, the reigning MVP of the league, uh, struggle for the first time in a really long time. But then also fascinating to watch Great Osabar step up and, and really fill uh, those numbers and, and just fill in sort of from a variety of different perspectives. So uh, just talk, tell us about that give and take because I, I heard your post-game show and I thought it was a great comment you made about how many times Jabril Bellows carried the day. And so uh, maybe, maybe he's owed it a little bit uh, for how good he's been for you guys over the last couple of years. So what would you think of just that give and take and Great's ability to, to step up and fill that void? Yeah, you know, I thought I thought it started with great on on Friday when we arrived to Pocatello and we came to practice. He was the one voice that was booming in the, in the gym for our practice, and and we needed that. And like I said, I needed that, you know, because I was not very happy with our effort in that second half at Weber. And I made sure the guys knew that Friday morning in film. And I thought great did a tremendous job bringing everybody kind of back and bringing the energy into practice, um, which is awesome for a sophomore to do that. And then it carried over into shoot around. You know, great was the same exact way. And it's no coincidence. He played like he did, you know, it was one of his, it, it was, might've been his best game as a Bobcat. And he's had some good ones in his two years, but from an energy and an effort standpoint, you know, he kept a ton of balls alive going to the offensive glass and, and making extra multiple efforts, you know, defensively blocking shots and uh, we're going to need that, you know, especially on Saturday with you know, how talented Montana is, you know, especially with their bigs. You know, he's going to have to guard on the perimeter and down low. And, you know, but that's that's my expectation for great is he, he – I need you to play like that every game now. You've shown you can do it. Now 
you know, be consistent with that effort and those multiple efforts and, and playing with that energy and fire. Montana at Montana State, rivalry edition, 7 p.m. from Bozeman, Montana. Danny Sprinkle joining us here on Nuanas Now. 67-64, Montana State won in Missoula. Last time these two teams squared off uh, a little bit less than a month ago. Uh, Coach, what do you remember about the game, and is there any anything that translates from that to this week that you want to carry over? Yeah, you know, I thought I thought we played really well, you know, the first, you know, probably 33, 34 minutes. And then I thought, you know, kind of the last six minutes until the last, the very last minute, you know, I thought they played harder than us. You know, I thought they made they made some extra effort plays and they played desperate. And we let our guard down a little bit. And I showed the guys the film of that. You know, we can't, you know, they're too good a team to, first off, you can't let anybody out effort you. And, you know, no matter what the lead is or if you're down, like we have to stay consistent with our effort, our defensive mindset. Offensively, it's going to take care of itself. You know, Montana, they're going to make you work to, to make tough shots, you know. And we made some tough shots, but so did they. And uh, but I thought, you know, from a discipline standpoint, you know, we, we had a lot of stuff that we did not do well in that first game um, that we need to clean up if we want to be successful on Saturday. Montana has been a fascinating analysis this year. I was at their game when they uh, laid it on South Dakota State, who's one of the better mid-majors in this part of the country. And yep. then the tough start to conference play was sort of perplexing, but a lot of that came with a lot of close losses. And now here the Grizzlies are coming to this rivalry game. They haven't lost yet this month, and they're on a five-game winning streak. So uh, when you're breaking them down, I mean, how do you think that they've turned the corner? What have you seen just in terms of the uh, the turning losses into wins? Yeah, they're they're, just, they're playing free. You know, they do a really good job moving the basketball and and uh, you know and their body movement and ball movement. You know, I think I think that's really helped. You know, their offense has always been good, but I think they're they're doing a really good job moving the basketball. You know, I think Moody's playing as good as anybody in the league right now, playing with tremendous confidence. And Deshaun Thomas, you know, those guys are playing really well. You know, and Whitney, he's going to do what he does. You know, he's strong. He drives the ball to the rim. Uh, you know, rebounds his own misses and, and does a really good job of that. And, you know, and Bannon's Bannon, you know, one of the more talented players in the league. Uh, and obviously, you know, I expect him to, you know, come out with some fire in him and, and being really aggressive because he didn't probably play up to his standard the first game. And so, you know, we and also Lon L. Martin, you know, I mean, they're, they're starting fives all, you know, he's shooting the ball at an extremely high level. Uh, I believe they're leading the, the big sky in three point three-pointers made and maybe percentage and so you know anytime you're making shots uh you're dangerous and it helps your defense and so we have to do a tremendous job you know guarding the three-point line but also you know establishing establishing some physicality down there in the paint too defensively big sky has always been known as a high scoring league and the three-point shot has always been a big part of the reputation of the big sky but montana they're doing a little different than a lot of teams have in the past especially with the fact that they got these sort of pick-and-pop bigs. I mean, Deshaun Thomas is, like, starting at the five, but he's one of their better three-point shooters. So is it is it kind of a, a mental transition for your guys to realize, say, it's kind of like the inverse, right? The point guard doesn't really shoot it that much. It's the center that maybe shoots it a little bit more. Well, it is, and it's just kind of the game nowadays. Right. You know, obviously, we, we don't play that game, but it's, you know, like when you have guys like Bannon and Deshaun Thomas, like, it puts your defense in a predicament. You know, now you got, you know, Jabril Bellow and Great having to, guard in in space and guard on the perimeter um you know and so you know we and there our guys are capable of doing it and i thought we did a pretty good job of the last game we had you know we had a couple breakdowns where we gave thomas you know shots where you know yeah we want to be in the gap but we still don't want to let him catch and shoot and uh you know like he did on the last one with a minute left where 
you know, it was a huge shot that he made, and, and luckily we countered and got a three-point play that, that helped us win. Montana State head men's basketball coach Danny Sprinkle here on Nuanas Now. His team hosts Montana on Saturday, Bozeman, Montana, from Rick Breeden Fieldhouse. Coach, last question for you. Then what are the keys for your team if you're going to come up with a rivalry victory and a rivalry sweep against the Grizzlies? Yeah, you know, you know, we got to have that defensive mindset. You know, we got to have a toughness and edge to us. You know, edge to us that you know, fifty-fifty. These games usually come down to little fifty-fifty plays. I shouldn't say little, but you know, the fit, the the long rebounds, the you know, extra possessions, not giving up a three. You know, I think they hit two or three threes off long offensive rebounds last game. You know, we lost Moody a couple times. You can't lose him. He's playing too good. And he's just an elite shooter. And, you know, if you do that, it's going to cost you. And so, you know, we have to do a tremendous job on the defensive side. And offensively, you know, we got to play with more pace. Uh, we got to play with more pace, play with more physicality, and establish the post. And uh, and when if they do come down and double or they pack the paint, you know, our guys got to be ready to stop in and knock down some threes. Because we're getting, we're getting wide open looks, and it's only a matter of time before we make 12 or 13 threes in a game. Montana State men's hoops. Coach Danny Sprinkle here on ESPN Radio. Coach, appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday, and uh, best of luck this week. You got it, brother. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today.